How close is close enough? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, did you ever watch Get Smart, the TV show from way back in the day? I sure did. I watched the original, and I watched this weird sequel series. So you remember then how Maxwell Smart would always say, missed it by that much. This yeah, much. so that's kind of what I was thinking with that lead-in. So anybody else who is familiar with Get Smart, hopefully you will have some fond recollection. Those of you who are not familiar with Get Smart, you should be familiar. It was a great show back in the day. A lot of slapstick humor. Shoe phones. You know, shoe phones were great. I mean, there was a lot of technology that basically inspired today. (laughs) That and Star Trek, I think, are responsible for so much of our lives right now. The the invention I really wanted, though, from our time working in an open concept office before COVID struck, and we all work from home these days, was the Cone of Silence. Remember the Cone of Silence? I love, I dream of the Cone of Silence. Oh, it was hilarious. Still, to this day. That pat aspect. Okay, so enough <laughs> talking about get smart. Let's talk about um, sin as missing the mark. That is our essential doctrine for this episode. So, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and and read that doctrine, and we'll go from there. You got it. So um, just as always, a reminder, there is also a short video on this. This kind of is the extended commentary on that for this episode. So uh, that being said, sin as missing the mark is this. Uh, One aspect of sin is missing the mark of God's standard set for humanity. This missing of the mark is not a simple mistake, but a falling short of God's glory through conscious choosing of sin. We may refer to sin as a failure on the part of humans to live according to God's standards, but we must recognize that this failure is intentional. We miss the mark when we deliberately choose to cast aside God's intention for us. Good stuff. So basically, I mean, it's we're never going to be good enough. That's how I kind of boil that down. I I think that's a good way to boil it down. Um, You know, something that uh, I remember from my early, early days as a new believer in the, you know, early mid 2000s, there's a lot of weird stuff that was going on in like, uh, Christian sub in the Christian subculture at that time. Um, and a lot of it had to do with questions of sin and things like that. And so I remember, yeah. um, you know, it was also early days of podcasts too. So I remember hearing, uh, people's sermons talking, you know, referring to sin as, you know, sin, you know, people talk about it like sin is this big thing, but sin mean the word sin means missing the mark. But there was no serious deep unpacking of that beyond trying to use an analogy of, you know, getting close, but not quite yeah. um, kind of thing. And that just doesn't do this. That doesn't do this ju- justice as we see from Scripture. Yeah. And I think a, a couple of things to note before we go through our, our regular questions exploring this uh, doctrine the first one, and we're going to talk about this soon, the, the bulk of that definition you just read, I mean, we define it quickly, but then we're really careful to talk about the intentionality of sin, that it's not just a mistake. And we're going to, we're going to come back and talk with that quite a bit, because I think that's really important. 
The second thing is, this is the first of, what is it, three episodes, I think, in a row, where we're going to be talking about different definitions of sin. We're going to be talking uh, about sin quite a bit over the next little while, for yeah, sure. We're, we're, so, you know, buckle up. It's going to be three encouraging episodes, at least in a row, for it's us. Gonna do your heart good. Delve into sin. It's going to do your heart good. But really, I mean, it, it's important we understand this concept, because until you understand how lost we are, the beauty of being saved by Christ, you know, will never come to fulfillment or, or clarity. But the other thing is, each one, as you're going to see, gives us a little bit different nuance, and they're all important. And Aaron, you just intimated this, that if you just define sin as missing the mark, it can feel rather benign. Um, And that's kind of why we led with the opening question, well, what if I just miss by this this much? If I'm just a hair off, I'm better than you because you were off by, you know, several inches. And then that other guy down the street was off by, I mean, feet. And that other one, he didn't even hit the target. I'm better. And so this, if you just understood sin as this definition of it, you could understand how somebody wrongly, let me emphasize that, wrongly could see sin as something rather benign that God should have to excuse us for. At least we tried, you know, who can hit the target every time? But we're going to talk about this more in the next few episodes, including this one, but also going to talk about the intentionality behind sin, even under this understanding of missing the mark. So with that said, we're going to come back, as we always do. We always get ahead of ourselves, and we repeat ourselves a lot. Let's go ahead with our outline. Uh, Where do we see this doctrine in Scripture, Aaron? Oh, my goodness. Where don't we see it? So, um, but (laughs) let's start with, here's one of the most on-the-nose ones, which is Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's uh, one of the big, all-encompassing umbrella statements regarding sin, and it applies to this, this understanding of what sin is directly, because that it's that concept of falling short that's here this is where that comes from more broadly the law itself so the take, think about the first 5 books of the bible they are essentially in many ways they are a treatise on sin and its effect but also god's response to it so it's it's its origins and everything like that but you also you can drill down a little bit deeper and you can focus in on the 10 commandments themselves and how all of them in as paul unpacked in galatians how the law existed as a tutor to show how we all fall short of God's standards. He also does some, uh, says some interesting things about how knowing what's wrong makes us want to do what's wrong as well. So, so there's a lot there to unpack. And of course, a really great entire book of the Bible to really um, help you get a good sense of just how bad sin is, is judges. So yeah. you, you don't see a lot of whoops in that book. <laughs> no, you see intentionality, and we're going to talk about that again more in a minute. But yeah, I think that Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, is probably what most people think of, that even just that image. I looked, tried to look at this. I didn't spend much time, but I've always heard, and I'm sure you have too, that um, sin is an archery term, meaning missing the target, missing the mark. And I, I did a search, and I can't find um, evidence of that. I just saw a lot of people claiming it it's quite often claimed so it could be i'm, I'm just truly ignorant of this I means like gehenna uh, and garbage just, dumps yeah i would just be careful that it has that become a um a, a thought that is so prevalent that we all take it to be true and is it true or not i'm not sure but i think this 
does not depend on that word sin meaning missing the mark or being an archery term. Romans 3.23 clearly teaches it, that God designed us to live in a way that brings him glory, and we don't do that. We come up short of that over and over again in different ways. This kind of leads me to our next topic of cautions with understanding this, and, and it's this first caution is the distance of the mist doesn't matter. Going back to our leading question, um, when it comes to sin, uh, this is not a matter of horseshoes. Uh, we don't get points for being close-ish. Um, this is binary. It's all or nothing. We either obey or we disobey. It is a, a binary thing. So it doesn't matter if your disobedience was really close to obedience. It's still disobedience. Um, I've often heard the illustration in evangelism of talking about swimming across the Atlantic Ocean, for example, that if we were to start from say a beach in Florida, and we are going to start swimming across the Atlantic Ocean toward, I guess it would be Africa there, maybe Europe, it doesn't matter. Um, and we start swimming. And I don't know about you, and I'm not a good swimmer. I would not make it far before I would drown. You may be a better swimmer and make it a little bit farther than me, but it doesn't matter. In the end, we both drown in the, not even in the middle of the Atlantic. We drown just barely off the shore of, the, of Florida. And this illustration is used, doesn't matter that you might get closer than I do. No, because our fate is still the same. We still came up short of the goal. And I think that could be a helpful illustration to remember of why. Uh, as we look at unbelievers, there are some unbelievers who live what, what could be considered moral lives. Very um, much so. You know, and, and we have to resist the urge of looking at them saying, oh, they're, they're okay. No, um, with all love... We need to look at them realizing they're under condemnation because they're in rebellion against God, as we're going to talk about another definition of sin. They are falling short of the standard of living for his glory, living perfection. And so the distance of the miss doesn't matter with this. This is, this is not a comparison with one another. This is a comparison with God's holy standard of living. What about you? Do you have any other thoughts of cautions with this doctrine, yeah, I think that um, I mean, you know, I've made the I've made the the comment the oops or the whoops comment before, yeah. but what we need to recognize is, is that seeing understanding sin as missing the mark should not lead to a passive view of sin, and so I think that there so there is definitely a. Um, certainly in the way that I've seen it expressed in some circles where people are trying to say, oh, well, you know, they were trying to do something positive and, and didn't quite get there. Uh, that's, uh, that's a very, you know, mid-2000s particular stream of thought that yeah. uh, is, is very nice but not true. It's this idea of, oops, I, I accidentally sinned. I fell. I I tripped, I fell, I ju it just happened. You know, I see, I see this, you know, it's, it's like these things with, you know, let's use adultery, for example. No one oopses into adultery. There's <laughs> choice that happens there. Now, what we do need to recognize is that there are there are actually legitimate passive aspects at time to sin. And some of the, and that but that here's that thing. That passive aspect is not countering temptation or not fleeing from it. It's just yeah. hanging out. You know, so that's kind of the only letting it happen that really happens with sin. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there are 
Yeah, I would agree completely, Aaron. I think one of the problems is I've heard people talk about sin, and, and we, we, we kind of see ourselves as victims when it comes to sin. Yeah. It happens to us. And I would say, yeah, there is a, there, there are times that happens. We have to grant that. But most of the time, that is not the case. Most of the time, if we are active in this, I think as you, as you illustrate, I think there are some times that we are kind of, we are not intentionally pursuing sin, but we let our guards down, and then it can be a little bit more passive in that. Although one can argue you still are going to reach a point of decision to sin. But the other I, I can think of is, is a newer believer, especially who may not know and understand really what sin is. And as we grow in our understanding and realize that, I think, factors in. And also when you broaden this, and it's not just, it's not just avoiding what we ought not to do, sin can be not doing what we ought to do. And so I might sin by resisting the Holy Spirit's prompting for me to share the gospel with somebody. So, you know, there, there are times where that can be active. There are times that can be more passive as well. So, but I think your point is really important that overall, I think we have to, with humility, recognize and admit that more often than not, we are willing, joyful participants in sin until we realize that sin will never give us true joy. <laughs> and it wasn't joy. Um, Jesus alone gives us joy. And so the you know, Holy Spirit working in our minds and hearts in that regard. I, I would add one other um, caution, and is this, that the law, as we've talked about, is designed to show us our failure. But it was more than that. It was not just to show us our failure. I know you're familiar with, and our listeners may be familiar with, uh, the three uses of the law, one of which is conviction. But another you know, part of the law is it was given for us as our standard of obedience. We, in Christ, we ought to strive to obey it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the gospel changes our hearts to want to obey we're made new by the Spirit to empower us to obey. So when we think about the law, we have to be careful not just to think of it as a, a proof of our sin, and then we're done with it or, or whatever. No, in Christ still, we look at the law and we look to obey it and fulfill it. Again, not to earn salvation, but because of the salvation we've been given. So obedience does matter in this regard, of course. So let's, uh, we kind of started hinting at it, but what difference should this doctrine make? Aaron, I'll let you go first with one. So you really set this one up um, well in just these last statements that, and this is something that is going to be, is really going to be relevant as we talk about, about sin for the next few weeks, um, that sin all like that, our understanding of sin, that, that the emphasis that scripture has on it. Um, there really should always be a twofold takeaway that that comes from from it when we are confronted with the reality of it in Scripture and in our own lives, which is that um, we should see a Holy Spirit prompted conviction of sin. So, meaning that when we when we read a passage like "All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God," we should recognize that that actually does apply for uh, to us. It is an yeah. all encompassing all. So um, if, if you'll excuse that bad grammar, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is the thing is, is that all people, all people, regardless of 
and that's that's the thrust of Paul's argument in the like as he's leading into it is is he starts with um, he starts with the Gentiles and um, and humanity in general in chapter one and is like they none of them follow God all of them sin and do what they want and then in chapter two he's like and as for you um, <laughs> all you who say you follow God too uh, you're just as bad and it culminates in this and so everybody does this <laughs> um, and it's not an excusing of it and he ex- includes himself in it as well he's like yeah. I do it too so we have this Holy Spirit prompted conviction of sin that should come from reading Romans 3.23, but we shouldn't stop at Romans 3.23 because what comes after that is 3.24, which is Holy Spirit-prompted celebration of grace because it says they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so this is the good news, is that there is no sin too big or too small too almost hitting the mark or too far away from it that can't be forgiven through Christ, that he, that his death and resurrection, that his grace does not cover in our lives. Yeah, yeah that's good. I, I would add to that a, another layer of this. You know, when we think about missing the mark and coming up short in the conviction of sin, but then the celebration of grace, and we remember but Christ hit that mark perfectly because he is fully obedient and we've been given his righteousness. So there's this joy there. But there's, I think also when we look at sin as missing the mark, we should develop a deeper longing for perfection for the day when sin is no more. When Jesus returns, he makes everything new. Sin and death are put to death. And our sanctification is complete. You know, we have this progressive sanctification being more like Christ today, more than we were yesterday, and more we will be more tomorrow and so forth. And we're getting closer and and we're able to to kill sin more through the Spirit's power. We're able to obey more through the Spirit's power, but we're still incomplete. We're still not there. And I think we need to long and and let our souls cry for the day. Because we despise sin so much, not because it's forgiven. We, we know this positionally, but experientially, we, we should have the view of sin that God does. It should be detestable to us. Um, and we should lament it and mourn this sin that continues to, to, uh, to fight up against us and that we give into so often. And we need to long for the day when perfection will be realized. And we will never, there's coming a day when we will never sin again. And uh, that's going to be a glorious day so that we can more fully glorify God so that we can present to him our lives then of perfection as worship. That is something that should excite us and motivate us. So a longing, I think, is also part of, of this as we look at it. Aaron, thanks so much. I, I really, um, you know, it sounds odd to say I appreciated and enjoyed a conversation about sin, <laughs> But well, we've got two more that, you know, of them at least to do in the next couple of weeks. Of them. But, but I hope we th- where we left off, I, I hope that our listeners see, man, yeah, we can talk about sin and, and it's sobering, but there, there also can be joy found in this when we, when we understand the gospel in relation to sin. So hopefully this has been an episode that has been encouraging to others, not just me. 
I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you do use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.